Hello, Hello there. there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 22nd episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. I'm Jacob. I'm Eli. And this is the show where we watch all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Today, we're going to be watching the, the first 30 minutes of the 2003 animated Clone Wars show by Gennady Tartakovsky. Um, I, I was really excited for this. Um, this so this is shows. crazy for us because neither of us have watched this fully all the way through. Yeah, it's that's it's true. the first thing that ever has happened in, in a galaxy where both of us are going in for the most part blind. Future Eli here. I forgot to do one quick acknowledgement, which is thank you to Darth Speed Force Entertainment for the providing of the full Clone Wars video. You can find the link to their um, compilation of all the Clone Wars, um, not the Clone Wars, but Clone Wars um, in the description of this episode. So thank you, Darth Speed Force Entertainment. Yeah. Now, I knew and... some stuff about like some of the surrounding lore, but we really, there's not a lot of stuff we knew about this going in. Yeah, I've watched snippets and I liked it, but I've never seen the whole thing before. So uh, this yeah. is pretty exciting for us. So um, let's clear this up, okay? Star okay. Wars, Clone Wars. I never thought I would have to differentiate between two series by the word the. Um, <laughs> yep. But Clone Wars and this the Clone is Wars. Clone Wars. These are the times we These live were, in. This is 2D animated. This was um, produced and put out between the years of 2003 and 2004 and 2005. There were, yeah. Um, this is Legends. This The entire series takes place over like basically two hours and 15 minutes. Um, yes. And it was made by a very small crew in the span of two weeks. They made the entire thing in two weeks? Yes. It's so, like, it's so polished. It's so good. How is it even possible? I mean, I, actually, let me look this. I want to look this back up because I, I don't know how much was done in two weeks. I'm not sure if that includes, like, the voice That's work crazy. and, like, but, like, um... I mean, there isn't much voice work to speak of in this. Thing. No, that's one of the weirdest things that's so jarring to me about it is that um, the series was developed in two weeks and created by a small crew, according to the. Yeah, that that's crazy. Um, it's nuts. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you realize this. There are a lot of actors who eventually um, went on to be in the Clone Wars that are in this. That's funny. First of all, did you re do you realize who Obi Wan Kenobi is? Is it uh, James Arnold Taylor? It's James Arnold Taylor, old golden boy himself. And uh, Yoda's Tom Kane. And, That's pretty awesome. Uh, Mace Windu is Terrence Carson, and uh, C three PO is Anthony Annuals, as I call him. Um, wow, big names. And my favorite one, I actually this is one of the things I researched. Count Dooku is indeed Corey Burton. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. So we got some big names in this that will end up later being in other Star Wars stuff. Um, let me ask you something, okay? Yep. So for this sort of thing, Yoda serves as a weird sort of narrator. Did you know? that? It's kind of like the role that... Um, is it... Because I always thought it was uh, Admiral Wheelaren's voice. Who oh. served the narrator role in the Clone Wars? Is that See, right? It's actually they have similar voices, but I think it's a separate character being the narrator. Because there are certain places that Yalarin could never have been. That's true. For yeah. that to work out. Um no, oh, I think it's just a separate narrator meta. character. But is yeah. it 
is it just me or do I kind of like the Yoda narration idea better? Yeah, like, I don't know. I just narrating like... Yoda's voice. Like, I like, I, you know, I love fans at war <laughs> walking around the planet Ryloth. I like that, but like, just have Yoda do it all. Why not? It works here. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's a, it's an interesting choice given that it kind of breaks the, um, the continuity it does but to have him be like kind of a narrator but i think it works it works i mean it's a little show, general clearly. so you can't he doesn't ever reference anything really specific other than the clone wars are being fought jedi are being involved and anakin skywalker is special yeah that's true he's just kind of doing like the exposition so he, he is doing an exposition and i love it so much um uh did you notice that in so first of all um did you notice um anakin's arm uh it is a golden arm it's yellow that. oh it's yellow I, I i don't know if it was gold. yellow or gold why is it yellow uh because it's metal i guess right it's gray in the movies i'm pretty sure it's like silvery gray in the movies it's a weird inconsistency that i noticed like almost like instantly it was so weird why so that, is it did yellow that, like, bug you? It, it bugged me a little bit it bugged me a little bit i gotta say um why is I, it yellow? Good question. Yeah, I mean, well, he, C3PO has yellow. Uh, has he? He has his golden armor, but like, yeah, um, the, yeah, it bugged me a little bit. But trust me, there's actually very little of this that actually bugs me. Um, I think this the is only thing. this is pretty. This is pretty cool. This whole thing is really there's some meat in here. Um, did yeah, you notice? Definitely. So, so let's go to the first like little mini scene, which is. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda in Palpatine's office. Yeah. Did you wait, notice? That, that, wait, no, that's the first mini scene? Like that the first mini scene is the battle scene on the Kaibuk. Or the, the scene where there's the big cavalry charge. I mean, there is that, but I didn't, I didn't write anything down for that. Did you write anything down with that? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Um, so uh, Yoda, is, the, the animal Yoda is riding on is a Kaibuk. And um, in Legends, at least in this continuity, uh, Yoda had a kite. The kaibuk is like a the mounted animal that Yoda is riding in there. In Legends, it was given to him by a princess as a thank you gift when he saved her. And um, Yoda brought the kaibuk back to the Jedi Temple and kept it in an extensive garden underneath the Jedi Temple. But instead of kind of keeping it as a pet, he treated it as a friend and an equal. And kaibuks are not normally mount animals, but of course Yoda is like a two-foot-tall talking frog, so that wasn't really an issue. And I saw in your notes that you talk about it in the Jedi Path, which is when you said kaibuk, I'm like, wait, doesn't Yoda write about a kaibuk in the Jedi Path book? Um, yes, and... thank you for uh, thank you for uh, bringing that up. Um, yeah, in the Jedi Path, this is interesting. Um, maybe there's multiple different versions of this. Uh, of the of the kaibuk thing in canon because or in legends because in the jedi path yoda says that he alludes to it they allude to yoda having multiple kaibuks and using them as battle mounts and losing them in battle which seems incongruous with the the way they describe the kaibuk in um in in this uh lore version so it also seems incongruous with the fact that you know the jedi ha shouldn't have be having to fight many battles yeah. before the clone wars because it says that it's said that the republic um before that is in an era of peacetime so yeah. that also doesn't really add up but okay that's really cool i didn't notice the kaibuk thing did okay. you but did you notice in the office i just want to go back to the office did you notice that 
So you know that little mini uh, conversation Palpatine and uh, Obi Wan have. Yeah, I have some. I have some observations about that. When you're ready, it, it is a devil and a, it is literally a devil and angel situation. Like they're yeah. literally standing on either side of Anakin. It's crystal clear, and I love it. Yeah, I think it's cool how much it mirrors. I mean, before this was even before the the Clone Wars came out, and it was even apparent. It's cool how much it mirrors. Um, the Clone Wars show the kind of way that Palpatine is stroking Anakin's ego and trying to drive a wedge in between him and the Jedi. And it's, it's honestly in this scene, it's kind of shocking that the Jedi don't have an inkling of, uh, of what's going on. Cause it's pretty, um, I think Palpatine's being pretty heavy handed with it, but, uh, yeah, as he's taking advantage of the Jedi's, I guess, I guess ignorance maybe is the word. It's, yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of interest. I, what I love about this is what I love about the Clone War, not the Clone Wars, sorry, Star Wars Clone Wars. I think I'm just going to call it like Star Wars Clone Wars in abbreviations. I'm going to go SWCW because um, I don't want to. That actually with takes the Clone more Wars. syllables to say. Yeah, but like, no, no, like to, not saying uh, it, but typing it. Bad news. No, not saying it, but typing it. I was. Thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I love about this, what, about, what I love about what we saw in this was that. There were a lot of interesting ideas in there. They were planting a lot of interesting seeds about why the Clone Wars were the way they were and how the Jedi dealt with it. Should they dealt with it? Should they have dealt with it differently? There's a lot of interesting, like, kind of seeds planted in this that I'm really, I'm really digging. That's nice. Um, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Obi Wan references uh, Qui Gon. Qui Gon Jinn. He does reference Qui-Gon, yeah. I, I definitely um, noticed not that. Not even Master Qui-Gon could have prepared someone for this. And then it got me thinking. I don't know if, if, if you thought of this. It got me thinking about, so what would Qui-Gon have done in the Clone Wars? Yeah, like what would his, uh, what would his stance have been? Because I'm 99% sure he would have just walked away from the Order. I'm 99% really? sure I think he would have said, no, this is not the Jedi's role in this. The Jedi are not meant to be warriors. They're meant to be peacekeepers. They're meant to be, you know, they're not meant to be generals in a war. So you That's think, not So how... you think he'd be of that opinion? Interesting. Yeah, I do. I, I, I really can see do. him going that way. I could also um, see it like going the opposite way and him like really getting into the idea of like the Jedi needing to kind of, I guess, protect the, uh, protect the Republic. But I, I think he, you maybe. I don't know. He, I think he, you're he's right. always had you're right. like a maverick streak in him. Um, yeah, I feel like he the thing all the stuff he says about the living force kind of seems like that would hew pretty well with the idea that the Jedi are like losing their way and whatnot, and yeah. shouldn't be getting involved so much with the politics, and should be trying to listen to the will of the the will there of the force. There is a very thing with there is a thing with Qui Gon where he where you get the sense that he feels like the Jedi are way more active than they should be. I think he thinks mm. the Jedi should be more passive, more looking into the nature of the Force and helping and not fighting and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, like the Jedi are peacekeepers, not soldiers. Yeah. Also, did you notice... Um, this is my this is one of my favorite things. So one of the things I, I immediately... I, I kind of knew about this going into this, but one of the things I re immediately like kind of noticed about, the about Star Wars Clone Wars is... How dramatic everything is. Yeah, it's like... How exaggerated everything is. 
you know, there's this like that sense it. with let with um that uh, Lucasfilm is giving with Legends these days that Legends are the stories that canon. Like, there's often a sense that Legends is the stories that canon people, like regular people in the canon universe, are like telling around the campfire, and this fits that perfectly. And the first thing I that's an I, interesting idea. I was thinking the first thing I caught about this was. I saw, I think, below you wrote down about it in your notes, but when Anakin throws his cloak off. Yeah, when Anakin throws his That was his so cloak dramatic. Off. I mean, like, seriously. Anakin kinda, is a yeah. drama queen in that scene. I kind of liked is... it, though. I felt like it encapsulates, well, I guess the, 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 the campy, kind of that, that little bit of campiness kind of captures the the kind of... I'm, I'm not sure quite what the word I'm looking for is. The feel the feel of the show, I feel like it encapsulates yeah, that it, well. It's really cool. I so like, I'm a fan I of like, it. I, I like it. Um, what are the other things that I feel like we should discuss now because it's going to come up later? There's not a lot of dialogue. There is not a lot of dialogue, yeah. There's think, just um, not a lot. Makes sense. It, it is... It, it's... It's jarring to me because I like a lot of that dialogue where it's like, you know, especially because they're sacrificing dialogue for more visually stunning things with the action sequences. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I want more from those action sequences. They're taking the southern position, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, um, it's so, it's weird to just have these long sequences without dialogue. And like... Mm. You know, I was thinking about, like, The Mandalorian, episode two of The Mandalorian. That episode does not have a lot of dialogue. What it makes up for is visual scenery and especially music. Like, do you remember the, like, illustrious music that was, like, Remember in the scene where they were like, like Mandalore, like the Din Djarin was in the, like, he had that little campfire and Yoda kept healing him. That scene had the most beautiful music and visual imagery. And I think I would have wanted that a little bit more from this. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Personally, it didn't, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered me in the prequels. I don't know why. I just, I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like, this is clearly like a, now, I'm not going to say it's a low-budget show, but it's clearly, like, it feels like a passion project. Yeah, so it I'm definitely does. I'm not worried does. about it. Um, it definitely does. Um, so, that, so now we get to um, uh, our first, like, really major story um, after the, after um, Munalist, after the first campaign on Munalist, we get to yeah. the story on the planet of Dak. Um, which is the legend's name for Moncala. Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because in canon, in, I don't know if it's in canon, but I remember reading in a Star Wars atlas a while ago that Dak is what, I, I maybe the Corrin call Moncalamari Dak? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, that's a, that's but, interesting. But to yeah, look into that. we're on the planet of Dak, which is also like Moncala. And I don't know if you noticed this, but this it's water little... War. Yeah, it's, it's the Water exact War. same thing as that arc in season four of the Clone the, Wars. It even the exact same mace, the, not Kim Mace, the, is it the exact same like Fisto And they're on the same sides, the Mon Calamari on the yeah. sides of the Republic, and the Quarren are on the sides of the Separatists. I mean, like, that's, it, 
it made me wonder, and I researched this, by the way, if Dave Filoni inspired his arc of the Clone Wars off of this, or if there's any evidence. Yeah. Believe it or not, interesting, yeah. I couldn't find anything. Nothing. I could not find anything about it must be. how it must much be. Filoni it can't. inspired that off of this thing. I mean, I gotta say, it's too similar, like, they're too similar in some ways for it to be a complete coincidence, I feel like. We have uh, our reintroduction of the bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse from a couple episodes back on Kamino, remember? Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, the light that was actually the, that was the thing. When I went to research that, the image of Fisto holding his lightsaber underwater was the first image that came up, actually. It makes sense. Um, it, yeah. Um, it, which, if uh, you guys haven't watched that episode, basically, the bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse creates a double pulse in the lightsaber that prevents it from... Uh, uh, from prevents it from shorting out underwater. That's pretty much it. Um, you know those creatures that the Mon Calamari Knights were riding? Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what those creatures were. Well, this the, yeah, where are those? Thing. They're called Keelkana. Keelkana? What are... Yes. And I did some research on them, and I get to do... This is hilarious. So, um... You, if you follow us on Twitter, by the way, follow us on Twitter, you most likely know that I am a huge fan of Star Wars Explained and Alex and Molly Damon. And I am so, I'm so excited because one of the things that they used to do more, but they still do quite a bit now, um, yeah. is they do like informational videos, short informational videos on different uh, species and characters and all of that. Just almost like a video Wikipedia page. So yeah. I'm going to do my best impersonation of Alex Damon right now. I'm uh -oh. so excited I can do this. Okay, here we go. Uh-oh. Keelkana were non-sentient species of aquatic eel-like creatures that were native to the ocean world of Dak. They grew to be several meters long and were employed as mounts by the Mon Calamari Knights. They saw a lot of use during the Battle of Dak, fought in the opening months of the Clone Wars, and they helped push back the battle droids, and the machines of the Quarren Isolation League. In other news, they were actually brought to canon in the Fantasy Flight Games role-playing supplement Gadgets and Gear. Wow. That's it for this episode. Make sure to follow, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and check out our Patreon. Nice. That was, that was not me. That was me impersonating Alex Damon. Alex, Molly, I love you guys. I hope you don't mind. Um... I had to I, I had to do that out of pure fan inspiration. Pure fan inspiration. And so, um, the next thing is we're back on Munalist. And we get the introduction of maybe my favorite character in this entire 30 minutes. Dirge. Dirge. Yeah, Dirge, Dirge is, is awesome. I loved... I didn't know a lot about Star Wars Clone Wars, but I knew about Dirge. Dirge is a badass. Dirge is I crazy. love Dirge. Do you want to do you want to talk about Dirge's like some information about Dirge? Because I have some information I found. I don't know if you have. Go it. ahead about Dirge. I love All Dirge. Right. You can you you can see the information about Dirge, and I can yeah. uh, fawn over Dirge because I love. So Dirge. he is, from my notes, he is a Gendai species, which very I never rare. heard of before. Very rare. Very rare. Very rare. And according to Wikipedia, he was active as a bounty hunter for at least two thousand years 
and at one point he was buried alive for 60 years so he is he he hated mandalorians and yes, that was part of that was what got him recruited was he wanted to be able to kill clone troopers who looked like mandalorians they dressed like mandalorians and they were clones of mandalorians so yeah it, so it makes he's sense. just like let's do this um he had such you want to talk about his capabilities and um uh, and all uh, of that kind of stuff. I think should go for it. I don't have that in my notes. Dirge's capabilities. He's crazy. Basically, Dirge is made out of very strong muscle tissue. And what, why this is important is because he is, like, so hard to kill. He is the most ridiculously hard to kill. Yeah. Um. He, you know... Kenobi does that thing later in the episode that's probably very notorious. You saw this, where he stabbed him through the heart. Oh, yeah. He stabbed him through the heart. And then Dirge just laughs. He just laughs. And the reason he could do that is because his muscle tissue regrows so quickly that it basically just doesn't affect him. And you know the thing where he he exploded, where he was exploded from from the inside by Obi-Wan, who he basically... Uh, this is just going into a little bit later in the sequence, but he oh, he basically encapsulates Obi-Wan, and then Obi-Wan just rips him apart from the inside with the Force, right? Yeah. He doesn't die. He's not dead. He's not dead. That's um, crazy. He doesn't actually die in uh, the in the clo- in uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, the series, actually. He dies in a comic in Legends, believe it or not. And do you know what it takes to kill that guy? What does it take? Anakin Skywalker force pushes him to an escape pod. And then using the dark side of the force is able to force push that escape pod into a nearby sun. It takes a literal sun to kill Dirge. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I I, I just got... Dirge is incredible. I love Dirge. Dirge is amazing. He's Dirge. I can never get enough dirt. He also just space jousts everywhere, which is awesome. Um, I also researched what, you know, his droids who he was charging with? The uh, Lancer droids, correct? They're called the IG Lancer combat droids. They're IG units like IG-88, IG-11, and I- and the Magna Guards. Those are uh, legends only, right? Uh, the Lancer droids? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and by the way, just want to point out, Dirge should be canon. Dirge should. Yeah. They should brought. They should. Bring they, should canon. they should nerf Dirge. Case. They should nerf Dirge. They should make. They should make him so powerful like they did in Clone Wars. I mean, that was cool, but it makes no sense in logistically and with the way the canon universe works. They should nerf Dirge and they should bring him into canon. Hashtag bring Dirge into canon. Hashtag make dirge cannon. That would be that would be awesome. Hashtag make dirge cannon. Can you imagine? Me- I don't know. I don't think we would want to see. Um, I don't think we would want to see dirge in live action. High Republic dirge. Oh god. That'd be he lives cool, for though. thousands of years. They can do it anytime they want. That's a good thing about dirge. They could put him in anywhere. They they could literally put him in anywhere, and it could probably work. Though I don't fancy dirge much in the sequel trilogy era. Not. I don't think that would be great. Um, but no, they could do it. Dirge in the High Republic, I think it should happen. Um, anything else about the Lancer stuff with Dirge and all 
all of all of the jousting stuff, which is so ridiculous but so awesome at the same time. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay, let's get on. Let's go to Rat Attack. Like Dugu's going to Rat Attack, um, and he's in this arena. Yeah. Um, and of course, who does he find in this arena? Asajj Ventress. Ventress. Dude, Let can me I just say the way Asajj Ventress comes in is so cool. When when she yeah. like just, she, 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 oh my gosh, it's. I know so this awesome. is gonna upset you, Jacob. Describe it. I know. I know it's gonna upset you. I'm not a huge fan of Ventress. I'm oh. not a huge Ventress person. Explain. How come? I don't know. I find her. I, here's the thing. In the Clone Wars, in the Clone Wars, I'm not a huge Ventress fan. I find her kind of bland, and I find her kind of unintimidating, honestly. But um, in this, in Star Wars Clone Wars, man, she's, she's awesome. Everyone in this is like one of the things insane. that this nails is they get their villains on point. They do. Get their Ventress on is point. incredible. Dirge is incredible. Soon we will see Grievous. Grievous is more intimidating in this two D animated show, I think, than any Star Wars villain in any Star Wars movie is. Period. Full stop. Yeah. Grievous is a monster. But compare both Grievous and Ventress to their The Clone Wars counterparts. They look like cowards. They look like jokes. I will say that about both Dirge and uh, Ventress. But let's go Let's go to Ventress. Um, did you notice her, her and Dooku's apparent lack of articles? Yeah, that, that was... I am Sith. No, you are not Sith. <laughs> I'm like maybe that. I don't know. Maybe that's just. Does is that correct? Does that work? I am Sith. I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 weird. Um. Also. Um. Yeah. Uh. She is. Though that arena is filled with so many fierce people, and she just carves through all of them. Um. It's incredible. Um, it almost reminds me there's a similar arena sequence in the middle of Jedi Fallen Order, um, where Cal is trapped by a syndicate, a crime syndicate called the Caxian Brood and forced to fight a bunch of beasts and bounty hunters in an arena. Um, yeah. so it reminded me of that. Um, by the way, let's talk about Ventress, because she has somehow a blue and green lightsaber. Yeah, I mean... I think the um, I, I think the um, I think the, the the blue and green lightsabers come from actually, um, what she was. I believe the backstory is that she was stranded on Rat Attack. No, she was an orphan on Rat Attack. Yeah, and then Kyneric was Kyneric rescued her, and then she she, she had a lightsaber, and she took Kyneric's lightsaber, and then she started um. See, you'd yeah, think she took that'd Kyneric's be the lightsaber, and then she started dual wielding. At least in um in in the Clone Wars, but in the Clone Wars, right? There's yeah. a big problem with that, right? Yeah. Clone Wars was made first. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Mm, not quite. Well, how could they have said um how could how could they have done um how could they couldn't know that they were going to invent Kyneric unless they'd invented Kyneric already. Well, maybe, um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in Legends, I'm not sure. That's a good point, but I'm, I'm guessing in um, Legends, maybe she took her lightsaber. Let's from see. Neric is in a them. comic. Neric is in a comic. 
Um. Um. Let's see. I'm looking at this Jedi Mace Windu. That wouldn't be. Oh wait. I. Uh, actually, there's a possibility that he could have been. Apparently, he was created before the Clone Wars. Uh, before Star Wars Clone Wars, actually. Okay. Um. So it is entirely possible that he was indeed created. Um. Before, let's see, Dreadnoughts of Rendili. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's weird, but but yeah, I couldn't find anything if Kyneric if Kyneric wasn't invented back then, then I don't know how she got those lightsabers. If she was, then it's clear. Um but let's not talk about her old lightsabers. Let's talk about her new lightsabers. Um gift Did you notice her. did you notice the plot connection? Uh I'm not I don't know if I know what you're referring to. Whose lightsabers were those? I don't know. Jacob, there were Komari Voses. Komari Vos. Who's, who's Komari Vos? That name sounds familiar, but I can't Vosa. put my finger on it. Vosa. Vosa. From the guy, the the woman, she's the head of the Bandogora. Jango Fett kills her in Bounty Hunter. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's one of okay, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, connection moments that, that, like, once I saw those lightsabers, I'm like, so, nice regifting, Dooku. You had a Bounty Hunter kill your former apprentice your, your your apprentice and then give the lightsabers from your old apprentice to your new apprentice bodes well for her yeah definitely um i love that connection i love that connection it's it's a it's um, a cool one for it's sure it's a cool one also did you notice um dooku flying um yeah yeah i did notice dooku flying for, what's up with dooku fly. flying They fly now! They fly now! Force fly. Um, I mean, I know it's dramatic, but Dooku is flying! Force flight? Um, I didn't think that was a force power. I didn't think that's something you could do with the yeah, force. Yeah, I don't know. I remember reading about it. I'm, I'm not, it's not coming up on Wikipedia right now. Oh, I guess it's technically uh, a TK thing. The telekinesis thing. Yeah. I guess you could say. I didn't really know that was a thing, but it's I it's kind of crazy. It's too. kind of um. I, I don't like the I idea like of force of flight, things. but like force yeah. flight, yeah. No, it's just kind um, of the cool over the top. I guess like the crazy over the topness of it. It kind of like. Oh yeah, of course. This is this is Clone Wars. Of course, Dooku can fly in this. That, yeah, that 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 was my thing. Like, of course, they're going it, it to flaunt like it, the. Yeah. You know. It feels like it. Um, it feels like it matches the right. Um, the right kind of over the topness of it. With what with um, the massive scale of the battles and the yeah the whole dirge thing. It's... It just the super dramatic and the crazy, like I the mean, ridiculous I like it. it's badass. Just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I feel like um, it kind of fits the over the top vibe of the show, though. So. Also, did you notice there was an inconsistency it. with lightning in this? There was. Um, I'm not sure that I noticed. Count Dooku throws Force Lightning at Vent at, at um at Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones. Obi Wan holds up lightsaber. Lightning comes spewing into it and nothing, right? Yeah. Dooku Force Lightning's Ventress. Ventress, I would argue at this point is more powerful than Attack of the Clones Kenobi. What? Oh. Oh. Okay. 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 Yeah. 
That's a discussion for another time. That's a discussion like, for another time. I don't want to get sidetracked. Even if she's close. Even if she's close. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if she's close. Count Dooku sends the exact same lightning at her. Light, two lightsabers on. Flying out of her hands. And she's knocked unconscious. Yeah. What gives? Well. Now, is, now here's the thing, mm. Jacob. The thing about the Ventress thing. I'm saying Ventress was more powerful than Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones. At this point in the Clone Wars, I think... Obi Wan's more powerful. Okay, you know I would I would just say uh, I I would just explain that away by just saying it's a skill you have to learn. Okay. Maybe Obi Wan yeah, knows it's, how it's and it just, just doesn't. You know, it just caught me unaware because usually with a lightsaber in your hand, you're pretty good against force lightning. But I guess yeah, that's, that's true. Just that's true. Me. Um, that's everything I have for this. Um, for Clone Wars, there's a lot of really interesting concepts in this. I'm. Finding yeah, myself entranced by all the concepts. I'm I'm excited to see Grievous. I'm excited to see Grievous the Menace. Um, nothing at all like he was in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Nothing at all like he was in the Clone Wars. Um, yeah. Future Eli. Jacob and I forgot to do our little intro for the segment idea, of course. So I'm going to do it right now. One quarter portion. Also, we didn't really have a name for this at the time, but Jacob and I have since come up with a name. It's a long story. So, yeah, back to the episode. Explain a Star Wars plot badly. So, yeah, Jacob and I are going to explain a Star Wars plot badly. And we're going to try and have the other one guess, um, you know, uh, what, uh, what we are referencing. Jacob's going to do a movie, and I'm going to do an episode of The Clone Wars, okay? Yeah. All right. You want to go first? You want me to? Uh, you, you go first. Okay. Um, a young woman leaves um, her super selective cult to join another cult that she grew up in. But because of that, the other cult that she just left gets really angry and sends their and sends their robot army to go try and kill her they wipe out her entire other cult um and, but she survives what episode of the clone wars is that uh i don't know that's tough um uh i don't know um I don't, I don't think I know this. I the episode of the Clone Wars I am referring to is Massacre. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, um, the right. young woman is Saj Ventress. The cult that she left is the Sith. The Sith, of course, grow angry at Ventress because her power, they try and kill her. She escapes to the other cult, which is the Night Sisters. Yes. And then they, they send their robot army, the separate destroyed army, to go hunt all the Night Sisters down. Okay, what is your... Uh, and it doesn't have to be of the whole thing. It can just be a part of a movie or something. What is your bad summary? All right. Uh-oh. Wait, I just... All right. A wannabe Jedi learns that the Force is more than just about moving rocks. And then oh, at the end of the movie, ends up having to move rocks. It's The Last Jedi. Yes, it's The Last Jedi. Nice. Maybe that, maybe that was a little easy, but, uh, yeah. No, but it, there you know... You, you got that one good, though. You got that one good, yeah. Yeah, um, I knew, I knew specifically about Moving Rock, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Last Jedi. Um, yeah, um, let's talk about next week.
All right. Let's talk about next week. Next week, we're doing a panel at Force Fest, people. Woo. That's pretty awesome. 10 a.m. PST, August 30th, Star Wars op Opinions Live, everyone. Who boy. I'm pretty um, hyped. Yeah. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you know, you can follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, wherever Radio you Public, get your Google Podcasts, podcasts Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I've been forgetting this for the last like five or six times and I want to do it this time. Leave a review for us. Five star review, please. Um, yeah. There Give we go. Give us some feedback. Ask a question. Yeah. Give yes, us your hot Yes, anything. Take. You can Anything, do that. You can we'll take it. You can do that on Twitter too. Um, and yeah, make the force be with you always. Thank you for listening.